0: Turn, if you would, to chapter 19 of the Gospel of Matthew, and we will talk about the importance and the difficulty of breaking out of the usual ways of thinking. Because in a very subtle manner, remember the serpent was more subtle than any other creature. In a very subtle manner, Satan has subtracted from your consciousness the ideal for which you were made. Now, a little background on this passage. The Pharisees are coming to Jesus, talking to Him about divorce. There was a verse in the Old Testament that permitted divorce. Deuteronomy chapter 24, verse 1. Let me read that for you very quickly. When a man takes a wife and marries her, and it happens that she finds no favor in his eyes because he has found some indecency in her, he writes her a certificate of divorce and puts it in her hand and sends her out from his house. Now, as people do, they tried to interpret that to get themselves off the hook. And there were two schools that grew up in the believing community. The liberal school, the Hillel school, and the conservative school, the shemai school. And all of it was to interpret that phrase because he has found some indecency in her. The shemai school took the most conservative uh, approach and said, well, that indecency only means if she commits adultery, if there is, if there is sexual uh, a pattern of sexual immorality in the marriage, then that is legitimate grounds for the divorce. The Hillel school said that, that really, you know, doesn't exactly say that. I mean, it could be that the indecency is that she has grown grouchy or that she uh, uh, has b- gone, grown cantankerous or that, uh, that he maybe has just found somebody he likes better because they, they've just drifted apart. That's legitimate cause for divorce. Now it probably will not come as any surprise to you that over the years one of these schools grew much more rapidly in popularity. And you can guess which one. That school that saw itself as realistic and, uh, you know, uh, we need to be realistic about the way things are and therefore um, by the time Jesus came on the scene, the Hillel school was of such popularity. And marriage had become so unstable that there were people actually afraid of getting married because they were afraid that it was inevitable that they might get a divorce. Can you imagine any society like that? They were in the position we are today. And so they came to Jesus, these Pharisees, in order to trap him, to give him two alternatives. Because they were thinking to themselves, either he's going to side with the liberals or the conservatives, whichever he sides with, the others will hate him. Look at what he did. Starting with verse 3. And some Pharisees came to him, testing him, saying, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any cause at all? And he answered and said, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female and said for this cause a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife and the two shall become one flesh consequently they are no longer two but one flesh what therefore God has joined together let no man separate Do you see what he just did he looked at them and said I do not accept either of your alternatives. Your perspective is too narrow. Your thinking is too small." He said, whereas the point of law is legitimate, you know, Sinai, that place from which we got the law, symbolized the stand against the destruction of sin. And, and, and therefore, the law is good. It, it mitigates the progressive destructiveness of sin. It tries to, to shield us and guard us from the growing destruction of sin. But let me ask you if you think the law is ultimately God's plan for our life. You see, they were talking about the law, but Jesus was saying... The law is not my point of reference. The promise of God, the original intention, the ideal that he made us for is my point of reference. Sinai is not my point of reference. Eden is my point of reference. I go back before sin, and I say to you that sin has not destroyed God's ideal for your life. Do you hear what I just said? Sin has not destroyed God's ideal for your life. Let me ask you a very honest question, and this may make you angry, but don't be angry with it for so long that you can't take it seriously. When do you think it was that you threw away God's ideal for your life? When do you think it was that you consigned yourself to realistic thinking, and accepted only the alternatives that the world brought to you? When do you think it was that you started thinking about and choosing between only those things that would get you out of your present situation with the least possible destruction? When was it that instead of dreaming the great dreams for which you were made, you started choosing the lesser of two evils. Do you understand that that's the way most people think? When was it that you consigned yourself to second-class citizenship? Second-class citizenship in the kingdom of God. When was that? For those of you in marriages right now, most of you, when I say think realistically, you automatically say, well, you know what? we'll just kinda go on like we are right now. Maybe we can improve incrementally over the years. That's the best we can hope for. Some of you are in serious marital difficulty right now, and I'll guarantee you, you're you're choosing right now between the lesser of two evils. You're, You're saying to yourself, my choice is either I get a divorce, and if I'm a Christian and I get a divorce, no matter how hard I try to come up with justification for this thing, I will always feel like a failure, I will be the very person that I know is wreaking havoc on, on society. I will, I will impact my children's lives. I will impact my friends' lives. You know, I, my choice is divorce, but I feel like I'm suffocating. And I feel like I, I was made for something more. And so if I choose that, that's the cost at which that comes. Or you're over here and you're saying, you know what? I'll just, I'll just suck it up and suffer through it. That's the way the world goes. Sometimes you get the brass ring and sometimes you don't. And I didn't this time and I will not hurt my friends. I will not hurt my children. I'm sucking it up and that's the lesser two evils. How many of you really believe that's the only choice God can offer you? How many of you really believe that God can't do anything better than that? That God's in heaven saying, well, you really made a mess of it now. Sit in it. (laughs) How many think that your only choice is the lesser of two evils and that the reference point for your life is not still paradise how many of you have consigned your children to the garbage heap Oh, you would never you would never say that but how many of you think I've got to be realistic about this my kids gonna sin anyhow and so therefore I've got to make it as safe or as at least as little damage as possible in his sin. My kids are going to have sex anyhow. So therefore, I'm going to instruct them how to have safe sex. My kids are going to drink anyhow. And I'd rather have them drink at home than out on the highway. And therefore, since I can't expect very much at all, I just assign the lesser of two evils. When did you assign your kids? To the garbage dump of life? When did you start to say, they're second class. That's all I can ever hope for. Those of you who are single and you're lonely, you come up with two choices in your mind because you're Christian and you want to follow after God. These are your two choices. You say, man, I've just got to keep isolated. I've got to keep isolated because that Christian group will never really accept me for what. I, I never can be fully honest with them. I never can be at ease with them. I, 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 I want to be holy, and so therefore I'm basically just going to be holy and go to church activities and, and so on and so forth. But, but fun is out of the picture, you know? And that ideal relationship, I just can't see that. And some of you are saying, I can't live like that. I'm getting out. And I'm getting with those people who know how to party. I know they won't judge me because I haven't got any standards to judge anybody. They'll at least accept me for who I am. I'll ask for forgiveness later. How many of you really believe that's your only choice? And you have given up on seeking out that wonderful... Christian, encouraging relationship that will accept you for who you are, glad to have it, and encourage you and help you to worship in the Lord. How many of you have ever given up on that thought?